Jai Jai Sitchatanya Jai Anichananda Jai Advaita Chandranaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Just one, one minute please. just doing a little lecture with the kids sitting under the cherry tree and had some talks with the kids so back to the Chaitanya chat So uh, in uh, <clears throat> so there is a book written by uh, Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj, who was uh, very elderly, uh, approaching um, Maharaj lived more than a hundred years, and uh, and wrote this book. The heart of a Vaishnava. Um, I like the topic. It's not that I particularly now will say a lot about the heart of, of about the book, although in the book there are many uh, quotes relating to uh, the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, So, we'll just read a little bit, though, just... Krishna Bhakti Haya Abhide Padan Bhakti Mukha Nirikshaka Karma Yoga Gyan Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya Lila 22.17 the foremost practice leading to the supreme goal of life, Abhideya, is devotional service to Krishna. All other spiritual practices, the path of works, self-discipline or philosophical speculation, all look to bhakti for their completion. Mm. Yes. Uh, so there may be so many things that can be done, like one can engage in pious works and, and, and help others. Right? Uh, one, oh, oh, what happened now? Yes. One can, uh, one can form uh, tapasya. Um, or we may uh, take to a path of philosophical speculation but all look to bhakti for their completion. So, it said, among the various practices, uh, the chanting of the holy names has pride of place. The scriptures 
are just full of glorification of the association of devotees, satsanga, which, without which one may chant for thousands of lifetimes and still not attain love for Krishna. Uh, satsanga kripa kim va krishnara kripaya kamadi dusanga chadi suda bhaktipaya Either through the benediction of devotional serve, devotional association or through the mercy of Krishna himself, one is freed from the bad association resulting from lust, anger, greed, and attains pure devotional service. <clears throat> well, ultimately, it is in the association of the devotees that there is pure devotional service, because the devotees are the caretakers. Of, uh, of devotional service, the Kalyana Kalpataru. And the result of bad association is, is there within us uh, in the form of lust, anger, greed. Uh, so these qualities of lust, anger, greed are deeply affecting us and, uh, and that is due to the bad association. Satsangan mukta dusango hatum nutsahate buddha krityabam yasu yasya sakrit karnyaru chanam. Srimad Bhagavatam 110.11. Once freed from bad association by keeping the company of saintly and intelligent persons, becomes reluctant uh, to give up listening to the glories of the Lord. We bring so much joy, even if heard once. Okay, so if we are freed from bad association, then an intelligent person doesn't want to give up listening to the glories of the Lord. So we're praying for devotional association. And then, so that is the first point. And of course, then, they, then he points out that bhakti is the only fully independent spiritual path. Hmm. Different kinds of piety lead either to sense gratification or to liberation. Uh, according to the kinds of meritorious deeds performed in, in this or earlier lives, you come into contact with exemplary individuals on one of the various paths of religious or spiritual advancement. Um, so there are other paths to elevate oneself to, to uh, yagyadanas, tapas, one can perform sacrifice, one can give in charity, one can perform austerities, and one can become purified from karma. But they do not take the root. It doesn't take the root of, of sinful desires from the heart. So, in this way, uh, in the book, it, it describes other processes, the bhukti mukti siddhi kami, um, that when those who desire material happiness, liberation, mystic powers, uh, they have to move on from there and take up devotional service. Yeah, so in the Amrita Baba Abhasya, uh, from Bhaktivinoda Thakur, we also read, as a result of bad character and bad association, a living entity develops desire for sense enjoyment, liberation of mystic powers. If by some chance he comes into contact 
with pure devotees, he can develop the clear intelligence to abandon all desire for such things. Those who desire sensual pleasure, salvation or mystic prowess are bereft of any desire for pure devotion. Nevertheless, if out of some good fortune they come to engage in the recognized practices of pure devotion, then Krishna is so merciful that he will bestow praying upon them, even if that was not their original objective. Krishna says to himself, this person was seeking something else, but even so has been engaged in my service. Nevertheless, something of the lower nature still infects his heart. He's given up the nectarian cup of praying and wants to drink from a chalice of poison, which demonstrates how foolish he is. His inability to pray for the nectar of immortality is a sign of ignorance. By contrast, I'm both wise and experienced. I know what he needs in order to perfect his life, so I'll give him a taste of the nectar of my lotus feet. This ecstasy will make him forget forever the bitter taste of material pleasures. Hmm. That was, is there a page number? So then when we talk about this topic of the heart, um, then we can see that uh, the heart is contaminated by uh, material existence and due to dusanga, due to bad association, Due to bad association, we are becoming influenced by um, these qualities of, that arise from the modes of passion and ignorance. Kama Kroda, Raja Samudbhava, this lust is born from the mode of, ignorance, from mode of passion, anger is coming from the mode of ignorance, and, and greed is also a result of ignorance and passion. Mm -hmm. So in this way, yeah, the devotees are having a Harinam party in the garden and uh, they were coming past. It's, uh, it's Sunday today, so they want to keep the Harinam going, even if they cannot uh, perform it. In, uh, in a regular situation, they'll do so. Uh, then in the garden, because tomorrow the desire, uh, the desire to, to do Harinam is very strong. Devotees, they get a taste for, for chanting the glories of Krishna and it becomes very strong. Something they'll want to do, uh, something they cannot Avoid. <laughs> yes. 
Naharinam must go on uh, somehow or other. That when we speak about the heart of a Vaishnava, um, we can look at uh, different things, but the very essence of the heart of a devotee is the glorification. Um, that is the that is the core to always glorify and uh, to either speak about Krishna, to sing the glories of Krishna, sing the glories of the holy name, uh, and to in this way to increase the glories of of Krishna everywhere. And this is this is our our business. This is the juice in our life. This is what it's about. Somehow or other to uh, to to do so, and we develop attachment to that, and that attachment is our saving grace, right? and it's that attachment gradually it drives away all other attachments from the heart, uh, and uh, yes, then Lord Chaitanya is is also uh, also there. This Sima Chaitanya in his lion-like form drives away all the um, impurities from the heart due to previous bad association. Hmm. So, when I take up the topic of the heart of a Vaishnava, then uh, we see in the book, uh, the topic that is brought up is that there is, uh, that there may be impurities in the heart, do sangha, and that different people come to Krishna consciousness for uh, different reasons. Uh, and that there are uh, Gajendra, uh, he came because of uh, material uh, distress. Uh, Juva had uh, also had a material opulent, he wanted to, uh, a kingdom greater than his grandfather, so he wanted material opulence. So although these devotees came and their motives were, were not pure, they uh, uh, still, they, they eventually got love of God. So these, these things give us hope. Huh? These things give us hope. Um, so a Vaishnava, is is never independent. Um, devotional service is not performed independently. In uh, in in the seventh chapter uh, of his book, Bhakti Pramod Puri is uh, is approaching the topic following in the footsteps, um, and that is an important topic. So let's read a little bit, see what is there. When Balaram heard that the Pandavas were about to become involved in a war with their cousins, the Kauravas, he did not want to pick sides. To avoid getting caught in the middle of their conflict, he decided to leave Dwarka um, using, uh, sorry, using the pretext of going on a pilgrimage to bathe in various holy places. He thought both Duryodhan and you just here are my friends. If either of them ask me to fight on their side, I won't know what to do. It would be better to leave town before any such request comes my way. If I tell everyone that I'm going to make a pilgrimage to the Saraswati and Ganges River, they will believe me. I see no other way of avoiding this quarrel. 
With this intention, Balaram gathered a party of Brahmins to accompany him and set off to Prabhas Tirtha. Uh, like any other pilgrim, he took a sacramental bath in the holy water and then offered oblations to the gods, sages and forefathers. From there, he and his companions headed upstream along the Sarasati River. One by one, they visited Prithu Dhaka, Bindu Saraswar, Trita Kupa, Sudarshan, Vishal, Brahma Tirtha, Chakri Tirtha and Pratchisarivati. In short, all the major holy places between Darga and the Doab, the territory between the Ganga and the Yamuna rivers. Following the Ganges eastward, Balaram and his party arrived at Naimisaranya, which lies on the bank of the Gomati River. There, a large number of sages had gathered to perform a great sacrifice. Naimisaranya is also the place where the Puranas were recited by Romaharsana Sutta, and when Sutta Goswami would later recite the Srimad Bhagavatam. At the beginning of the Bhagavatam, after uttering invocatory syllable Om, Vyasadeva writes, Naimisa Nimisaksetra Risiya Sonakariya Satram Shvargaya Lokya Sahasra Samam Asata. In Naimisaranya, the sacred land of Vishnu, the sages headed by Sonaka had begun the performance of a sacrifice that was to last a thousand years in the hope of attaining the Lord's abode. Sridhar Swami comments on this verse in his Bhavarta Deepika commentary by first quoting a verse from the Smritis that state, Om and Atta were the first sounds emitted by Lord Brahma after at the beginning of creation. Both are thus very auspicious and should be uttered before starting any work. Furthermore, the appearance of Om at the very beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam indicates that it is that its goal is to explain the core syllable of the Vedic literatures. So this is interesting because we had been discussing uh, how Sankaracharya uh, declared this uh, Tattvam Asi as the Mahavakya and that uh, the Acharyas and Srila Prabhupada point out no it is Om that is the real Mahavakya. It is actually in Krishna's copyrights. Goswami is writing it. So Om is the real Mahavakya. And uh, so the Bhagavatam, because it begins with Om, is particularly meant to explain. And Sridhar Swami, uh, who is the original Bhagavatam commentator, has told us, Sridhar Swami then goes on to give information about Naimi Saranya taken from the Puranas. The Vayu Purana tells us that some sages once requested Lord Brahma to give them a place that would be safe for performing austerities. Lord Brahma said, I will create a discus for my mind and throw it. The place where its rim, Naimi, touches the ground will be auspicious for performing austerities. After saying this, the grandfather of the universe produced from his mind a discus weapon. After saying this, the grandfather of the universe produced from his mind a discus weapon shining as brilliantly as the sun. After prostrating himself before Lord Shiva, he left. He let the discus fly. The sages joyfully bowed down to Lord Brahma and followed the whirling discus to the place where its rim touched the ground and was bent. The sages saw the beauty of the place and recognized it at one where they would be able to fully appreciate the Srimad Bhagavatam and meditate on his meeting. Meaning, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur interprets this story in the following way. Human beings have limited powers of sense perception. They can never understand God with their limited senses any more than they can reach his abode in their material bodies. Here the discus produced from Lord Brahma's mind represents the limited knowledge produced from our senses. 
Naimisha is the name given to the place where such knowledge shatters or becomes aware of its incompetence to reach the transcendental realm, described in the Srimad Bhagavatam. For only when one has thus been humbled can one assimilate the Bhagavatam's teachings. Hmm. Well, so yes, the, uh, the Bhagavatam is... Uh, is established in the first chapter of the uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita, as where it is said that Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nichananda drive away the influence of Nessians by the two Bhagavatas, the person Bhagavat and the book Bhagavat. And then we see that Bhagavatam is invoked, the Chattu Sloki are quoted, the original verses spoken to Lord Brahma. So anyway, so Bhagavatam is taken a great uh, a great part in the uh, in the pastimes of uh, of Lord Chaitanya. It's like Bhagavatam is the uh, it's just about glorification of Krishna. And because it's just about glorification of Krishna, it is acting like Krishna, and therefore it's like an incarnation of Krishna. And the holy name is acting like Krishna. So in this way, we are, uh, we are now um, appreciating um, the Bhagavatam, the, um, the holy name, because they manifest Krishna. Wherever we chant the name, wherever the descriptions of the Bhagavatam are going on, Krishna is manifest, as simple as that. And in this way, uh, there is the joy, uh, the joy that is experienced from, from glorifying Krishna. Uh, because this is our, our natural occupation. Uh, so Sankirtan, is not a sadhana, it is a sadhya. Sankirtan is not a means, Sankirtan is the goal. Uh, initially we may chant for our purification, but that's not what it's about. Sankirtan is actually uh, the goal, that is what it's about. Hmm. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta continues, Poems written in glorification of the transcendental Lord's name, qualities and pastimes are also transcendental. The Srimad Bhagavatam, which is full of this type of poetry, is in fact the ripened fruit of all the Vedic literatures. When spoken by a pure devotee, the touch of his lips make it even more delicious. When the words about Krishna enter the ears of a devotee, whose heart has been prepared by service and desire to hear, they descend into this very being, touches his heart and causing an emotional revolution. So this is very interesting, that the heart must be prepared by devotional service. When the words about Krishna enters the ears of a devotee whose heart has been prepared by, by service and the desire to hear, they descend into his very, they descend into his very being, touches and heart and causing an emotional revolution. So, once this transformation has taken place, 
the devotee starts to hanker for Krishna. He calls out to him and eagerly follows the devotional path leading to Vrindavan. On the other hand, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the essence of all the Vedanta, is not accessible to someone who has become puffed up from the acquisition of empirical knowledge arising from material sense perception. Because it's nectarian topics, the persons who distribute them and the place where they are discussed are spiritual and beyond the scope of matter. Hmm. Yes. So this is very nice. I like that, that it brings about an emotional revolution. Um, that's very much uh, what Chaitanya Charitamrita is, is, is about. It's describing that emotional revolution. It's describing how, and, and we see the ground is prepared by just devotional service. And then the taste for hearing is increasing and increasing. It is said that by serving the devotees, one can develop taste for Vasudev Kataruchi in Srimad Bhagavatam, second chapter of the first canto. Hmm. Yes, so we, we somehow or other, uh, therefore the, the word heart or the heart of a Vaishnava is very important. It is, it is about that um, emotional revolution that is required because it is emotions ultimately that drive a person. Uh, even the most rational person uh, is, is ultimately uh, even someone who's always analyzing and never shows any emotions, still is driven by his emotions, by uh, the emotion to become recognized as a very rational person. Uh, so uh, ultimately, our motivation is driven by feeling uh, and not driven by reason. It is, uh, it is when we develop attachment for a particular thing, uh, then we pursue it. Other, um, that is, is like, and if we think logic is, is, is really the source of all answers, um, then that's not based on logic, that's based on, on, on feeling. Um, because it's based on faith. Yeah? You know, faith is a matter of the heart. It's, we put our faith in logic, we believe that logic is ultimately able to uh, capture the, uh, the entire reality. But that, of course, is, uh, is, is very... Uh, uh, very limited uh, um, because in logic right, can we go beyond our perception if I start getting logical then Yamuna Acharya for example is mentioning that everything in the material world is limited by time, space and thought 
So can we in any way go beyond thought in logic? So everything is limited by thought. So thought, is there thought that is independent from external impression? Um, you can see that a child is absorbing things. And it is just uh, for the whole period of its life, a child is absorbing things from the impressions, seeing, looking, what is this, and trying to make sense of it, kind of trying to respond to it, trying to figure out what is this. And in the end, uh, at one point, it is said, in Bhagavatam and stated, uh, one, a child comes to the age of pragya. Pragya is the age of approximately five, where the child begins to sort of uh, figure out to an extent of what's happening here. Uh, in, when, when I was a child, uh, there was uh, a pond which was overgrown and covered with with green and green water plants and green. So I, I, I never realized that it was water. I thought it was was land and that I could just walk there. Uh, so I ran and and fell in the water to my surprise. Um, um, one has to learn. I also remember that later I was crossing uh, a Grand Canyon and I climbed on the washing line and I put my leg over the washing line and I was like in my hands hanging on the washing line and this way I was crossing the Grand Canyon when the washing line snapped and I fell on my back on the grass, which hurt. And uh, I, I realized something about weight and gravity and, and strength there. I learned something about a law of nature. So little by little, uh, we are on a journey of discovery. And then later on, uh, we deal with thought. So is are our thoughts independent or are our thoughts based on previous experience? Yes. So how limited is everything? And uh, in the Vedic concept, there's the first birth, the biological birth. And it is natural that in that birth, one is in the bodily concept of life. And it is only by being twice born that one can actually come to the point of understanding that one is an eternal spiritual uh, spiritual being. Uh, so that is required. So that is um, sato vritti, that is following in the footsteps of great personalities. Hmm.
So in the Raghunadas Goswami is saying, Oh my mind, my brother, I fall down at your feet and plead with you to give up your insolent attitude and show unparalleled affection for the spiritual master, for Vindavan and all those who live with, who live there, for the devotees and the Brahmins, for the holy name and for the for remembering the pastimes of the ever youthful divine couple, Radha and Krishna. Yeah. Mm. So this um, So Raghunath Das is now speaking to his mind as if his mind is a separate person and he falls down at the feet of, of, of the mind and says, I plead with you, give up your insolent attitude and show unparalleled affection for the spiritual master, for Vindavan and all those who live there, for the devotees and the Brahmins, for the holy name and for, for remembering the pastimes of the ever youthful divine couple Radhi and Krishna. So it's interesting that uh, Raghunath Das gives us here the image of the mind like a separate person. Then we have the intelligent like a separate person and how we have all these different sides in ourselves that are in some uh, battle, one could say. No? Raghunath Das is trying to uh, overcome part of himself, so he's divided, uh, he's divided. And, and this division, this internal division is a, is a very, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a very essential aspect of our, uh, our situation. And when we speak about material desires, material conditioning, uh, then, okay, the dusanga, the previous, the influence of previous bad association, all that is, is there. And at the same time, we have our desire to take a devotional service, and this is the real desire. And we know that the other is just, it is just, false, it is just not worth it. And it's like, at least philosophically, we believe it. We have faith that it's not worth it. And yet, uh, and yet, it's still there. And so, and, and, and Raghunath is falling at the feet of his mind. Raghunath does in this way is showing how obstinate the mind is. And that it's like really a problem, uh, this conditioning and this attachment. So in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Anchilila 531-233. Go and study the Bhagavatam from a Vaishnava. Take exclusive shelter of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's lotus feet. Always associate with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's devotees. If you do all this, you will be able to plunge 
into the ocean of, of his divine teachings. This will bring your scholarship to fruition, and then you will be able to describe Krishna's nature and pastimes purely. To these verses, our venerable spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada, adds the following comment. The fruit of hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam is the service of Lord Krishna. However, this result will not manifest if one hears from a Mayavadi philosopher who is dedicated to the undifferentiated monistic unity, nor even hears from the clever but devotionless lexical and grammatical scholar, nor from the hidden hedonist who seeks to find many exciting new interpretations of the text. Hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam from such persons will not have purifying effect, but rather will cause further entanglement in the sufferings and enjoyments of life. One must study the Bhagavatam from a detached Vaishnava on the highest platform of spiritual achievement. The greatest treasure for the aspiring devotees is the understanding of the Bhagavatam as given by someone who has made Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet his only shelter. The devotees of Lord Chaitanya are his eternal associates. They alone know the transcendental truth of spiritual life. One can remain constantly in their association, becomes one who can remain constantly in their association becomes free of material ignorance and sees the divine conclusions of the scriptures as they are. Um. So, you know, we have, have the good fortune of very powerful uh, Vaishnavas um, carving out a, a way of life for us. And a way of life that's not only about hearing the Bhagavatam, but that is centered around the Bhagavatam, a society uh, that is like uh, providing us that. And it is very, very nice that we can uh, can just uh, can do these things. Uh, it's. Uh, I was previously. Uh, to this lecture, sitting under the cherry tree here in Radhadesh with a group of kids, and we were just talking about uh, uh, the tree and using the tree as an example. And I asked, uh, okay, sorry, I asked them, so uh, what are, uh, are are the good qualities of, of a tree and uh, and uh, you know some tolerant and uh, that has fruits was a cherry is a cherry tree and uh, yes these are all good qualities of a tree and uh, you know and uh, we discussed uh, the roots of the tree and that the roots are very important because the roots are uh, and that our roots are the roots keep the, the tree even in the wind. I explained how the tree moves in the wind and, and because it's flexible and bends with the forces, it survives. And because the roots and the roots spread out underground as much as the branches, practically speaking. So in this way, the tree stands very strong. Um, so we are in this way uh, need to also have strong roots, strong roots in our uh, spiritual practices, in our connection with uh, with the devotees, in our connections with uh, taking only Krishna Prasadam to help us uh, control the senses. And 
Yeah, and uh, and of course, you know, uh, we had some cherries, and then I explained that the tree was uh, was actually uh, whatever fruits it produced, it was prasadam because it was on the land of uh, of Radhakopinath. And then one of the kids who was now like, uh, you know, little, little older, young teenager, uh, said, oh, when we were small, we offered the whole tree to Krishna. So, yes. So, in this way, yes, we, uh, it is also offered, very much offered to Krishna. And, uh, and so the Radhadis cherry tree is... Uh, is it's just part of the mercy of of Radhagopinath. Uh, just as Lord Chaitanya made a mango tree in Godrum at Amgad, uh with mangoes that had no seeds and no skin. I guess there were no flies. And it was very nice. Uh, they were very sweet and they would grow in all seasons. And any time a devotee desire to take some mangoes he could uh, to get some fresh energy and uh, I mean Srivas is is uh... anyway so, so the, the mercy of the devotees is just uh, and the mercy of Lord Chaitanya is just very wonderful no? and uh, yeah So we think about these things. The heart of a Vaishnava. Hmm. So naturally, humility, tolerance were the qualities of the tree. And the tree is offering, uh, offering fruits and shade and wood and whatever to others right so the tree is giving the tree is giving shelters giving facilities and in this way the tree is a symbol of uh, of a vaishnava who is rooted in humility and tolerance and then reaches out in a spirit of compassion um, reaches out in a in a spirit of compassion, and in this way, we are uh, are very much like a tree, uh, and that's there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, and then the Vaishnava is is just uh, yeah sharing these fruits of devotional service, uh, and and the fruits of devotional service are uh, are are the uh, uh, yeah, are, are the gifts to the world, and uh, and by sharing these gifts, uh, one becomes free from the influence of all the previous dusanga, of all the previous unwanted association. Uh, all these influences then just disappear, and one becomes more and more absorbed in distributing the fruits of love of God. So this is our. Uh, simply 
the heart of a Vaishnava uh, is to just, and we take great inspiration from, from the tree uh, and sitting under a tree. So, very simple. And in that way we can see just how the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are just there uh, all around us in the world and how it is very practical, um, how it is not at all uh, so complex and so abstract that one cannot understand, but it's very practical. Just like when Lord Chaitanya uh, was a child, he one day, he ate clay and uh, his mother saw it and she said, what is that? Why are you eating clay? He said, what's the difference? So she said, I gave I brought you sweets and you eat clay. He says, what's the difference between the sweet and the clay? The sweets are just transformed clay. It's the same. Then Sachi Devi said, who's taught you this nonsense philosophy? She said, look, if you take clay and if you make out of the clay, if you pour water onto the club on top of the clay, it becomes all muddy and a mess. But if you take the clay and you make a pot out of the clay and you bake that you know, in the oven and so on, then you can keep water in it and it becomes a nice water pot. So it's, it's like, so clay in one state is one thing and in another state is something else. So you cannot say it's just all the same. It is all different. Then Lord Chaitanya said, ah, this is very nice. Why didn't you teach me this very practical philosophy earlier? Uh, he said, yes, now I will no longer just eat clay. From now on, I will just suck your breast. Uh, making the... Uh, acting in, in, in a loving way with Sachi Mata and making her... Uh, her uh, just... Uh, filled with love for her son and at the same time he was in a very uh, intelligent way um, in a very intelligent way understanding Sachimata's point that there's distinction and variety and some some things are better than other things not that it's all one um, so in this way Mayavad philosophy was defeated in this childhood pastime of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by pointing out that the idea of everything being one and everything being the same is not practical. That in our practical experience, it's not at all like that. Uh, that rather, uh, there are different experiences in different situations. So there's variety and that the variety is, is what is there. So the philosophy of Mayavad is very artificial, um, whereas the philosophy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is so practical. We look at, at the tree, and the tree is just an example of, our, uh, of how we should conduct ourselves as Vaishnavas. So this is very, very nice. Okay, I'm going to take uh, a break now. I'm a little tired. Hare Krishna.
and uh, we'll be in touch again uh, tomorrow. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.